0: Hey everyone, welcome to In It For The Long Haul. I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And we're so excited to have you back for another week of drama, romance, and puns, surprisingly.
1: Oh yeah, lots of puns.
0: I was so in favor of that. It was punderful. Yeah,
1: even I think in the last couple episodes also had lots of puns. Michelle, I don't know if she's leaning into the puns like because she genuinely likes them. I kind of think that she's kind of I don't know. You're wrong.
0: She's my girl. No,
1: but I think that she's, I mean, she's doing it, but like from a, like a self-awareness of like, this show is cheesy and they're asking me to make these puns. And so I'm going to do it. Uh, I don't think that she's coming up with these puns. I don't think that's the type of person she is.
0: Well, I not that there's anything
1: wrong with puns.
0: I personally think she's got her own creative genius, but I will suspend my disbelief for now. So we open in on this episode with the men talking about how glad they are that the trash has been taken out. Jamie is long gone and it's a new week to find love. The most exciting thing about this week is that there will be two one-on-ones, which is the first time this season that we see that happen. So something I noticed is that nobody's been left out of a date card this season, which I think is fun. So I'm just curious uh, to see if this pattern continues now that the group of men is much smaller.
1: Yeah, I think based on like the previews we've been seeing, it seems like there's a lot more one-on-ones. at least situations that would lend themselves to one-on-one time so I think that that's probably pretty likely and I kind of like that I think it's good to have you know I think at this point we have what 11 guys left so you'd have nine guys on a group date which maybe is a lot but then you get two guys that get that one-on-one time and so that's really important
0: so Martin gets the first one-on-one and his date card says let's get love back on track And we immediately see Olu commenting on how he's suspicious of Martin because he was so close to Jamie, which I have got to say that I totally called this. I said in our last episode that I do like Barton, but nobody had really talked about yet that he was the only one to really entertain Jamie's idea that Michelle and Joe had more history than they were letting on and so I think that it is important that Olu kind of references that now and even Michelle mentioned that she was hoping to figure out where things stood with Martin because she knew that him and Jamie were close um But it looks like she has a good perception of him right now, thinking she can trust him um, and wanting to really get things back on track after sending home his apparent friend, Jamie.
1: Yeah, I I think like to be fair to Martin, I think that if you're on the show and one of the guys says, hey, I've got this like story about this friend of mine who said that they saw Michelle with this other guy. And I think that maybe she was dating this guy before the show. Like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of 50-50, whether you believe this other guy or not. Um, and it's not like... And I know that this story got turned into... They were questioning her character, which, I mean, I can see, like, how you would draw that line where, you know, if she had better character she wouldn't have been dating someone, um, hypothetically. But it's like, I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to fault Martin for the position he was put in, um, where... You know maybe that was the case and then the fact that michelle did have a connection with joe in the first place is suspicious and as we've discussed on this podcast she seems to have uh, uh, hyperbolized the amount of time how how long ago it was that they chatted uh not one year ago but several years ago is what she told the men uh, unless there was an additional time that they talked So I don't know. I think that um, unless there's been other things that have been going on that we haven't been haven't seen. I think really all we've seen is that one interaction where Jamie was telling the four guys and then just Martin uh, this inform this supposed information he had. Um, So I don't know. I don't like fault him just for that from what we've seen.
0: I agree. And that's the only thing we really have seen between the two of them. And that interaction in and of itself isn't necessarily implying that martin was on jamie's side or that he's a villain in any way but i just thought it was interesting that nobody mentioned the fact that he was talking to jamie and it seems like from what martin goes on to say in this episode that he was a lot closer to jamie than we really knew that then really what even that moment showed so um. Yeah, it's just interesting that Michelle knows it too. But anyway, they get out to a professional race car track, which is super fun and super Martin. Honestly, mm-hmm. it just screams Martin. I don't know why, but the race car vibes just fit. I am thinking that maybe the iced tips of his frosted t- tips, frosted oh, tips. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't
1: know. Oh yeah, he's got a cool look. Yeah. But and, and race cars are cool, so
0: it looks like that they are going to drive fast, which is every boy's dream.
1: Yeah, when he shows up, there is one of the professional drivers at the track just ripping around the course, and I think my thought was, "Dang, I need to get to me. I need to get to one of these courses and drive one of these cars because I don't know. I've always uh, liked car or not cars, but I, I don't know. I've told you about how like my um." like unrealistic dream job would be to be like a, a stunt driver in movies right
0: no i've never told you that wow man. yeah no i think
1: that'd be so cool like drifting and all that stuff driving fast doing all like this cool stuff i think that'd be super fun and it's crazy yeah. even
0: here in missouri it's like 400 dollars an hour to do a fast car thing on oh the that's crazy speedway yeah.
1: well that's something that i would really love to do sometime hint hint get rich first off this podcast okay maybe not but we'll see um but yeah honestly this date i thought was kind of at least the daytime daytime portion was over pretty quick like the activity uh was a lot underwhelming based on what i was like hoping for and what it seemed to show in the preview i mean really they just like uh first each got in different cars and like did some drifting and donuts and stuff um But they didn't really, like, race each other or anything or even, like, compete to see if they could, like, do a lap faster than the other. They had some kind of, like, race, I guess, head-to-head. But it was overall just kind of, like, they just drove these cars for a little bit and it was kind of an advertisement for the BMW Speedway.
0: Yeah, I think they were trying to get through that portion of the date pretty quickly so that we could get to the meet which ends up being this strange romantic time in a cattle watering container.
1: Yeah, they say that they need to cool off from driving these fast cars. And I guess it's probably hot there in Palm Springs. And yeah, this tub that they're sitting in, like I've seen these in like a cattle farming setting out in the middle of the cattle field, uh, like to feed, it's just like a, a steel drum
0: yeah it's a trough yeah it's so romantic i mean i'm loving it
1: and is it cold water like who wants to go and sit in like cold or room temperature lukewarm water
0: you're right not romantic at all there's if it really is some sort of trough there's no way to like heat up the water yeah
1: this wasn't their like portable wood burning hot tub that like matt james sat in with like two different girls um i think him and brie after their four-wheeler or like atv ride i think uh they sat in one of those and i don't know like you always are sitting in hot tubs after one-on-one dates and they were sitting in a cold tub i thought that was very strange and uh that wasn't the only thing that chilled the date mm, now you <laughs> sticking got with the, the, puns. the puns but yeah i think that martin really um cooled off the conversation, um, where he kind of, it was kind of brought up the whole Jamie thing and him being close to Jamie. And, you know, I think in, in, in Martin's defense, I think that it's totally normal to say, you know, obviously the situation is what it is. I thought that Jamie was a cool guy. Um, I'm not gonna, I I can't speak to like the situation and, um, But I don't know, like, I think she kind of presses him to say if he disagreed with her decision because he thought Jamie was cool. I think it's just, like, weird. Like, you can think someone's cool and then they do something and you're like, well, I mean, I didn't, like, just because I think that he's a cool guy, like, sometimes cool guys do stuff that's, like, questionable, especially on a reality TV show. And I think Michelle should know better. And she kind of made it seem like because he, like, defended or, like, at least acknowledged that he liked Jamie initially that... Because he did something that, in like the context of the show, was not great, that that means that he implicitly like supported everything that Jamie did. And he didn't like come out and say, like, oh, but i like I thought he was a great guy, but I really so he probably could have come out more like explicitly against what Jamie did, but I think he also just like didn't know enough to say strong things one way or the other. I think that sometimes contestants get trapped in that and leads sometimes make assumptions about contestants and what they're thinking. And I don't think that's right. but
0: i think the one thing that was strange was that he seemed to bring it up out of nowhere
1: yeah that's true i I, was it him that brought it up and not michelle okay yeah Yeah, and that's kind of weird but i feel like it was kind of a maybe there was some chatter about him and jamie being close and i think he and i mean i can relate to this it's like well you want to not just completely throw someone that you liked under the bus when they do something that's like sketchy on the show. But yeah, I think you have to be really careful in those situations. And I'm not sure he did the best job at it. Um, It was definitely kind of an awkward conversation.
0: He really navigates out of it, though, in the nighttime portion of the date by just mentioning how he's not very good at communicating. And Michelle relates to this in her own experience having issues with that and feeling like she really came out of her shell going off to college. But I'm surprised that that worked because she seemed really put off by him mentioning Jamie at all. And then also his response to defend that was bringing up some vulnerabilities of his own about being bad at communication and showing emotion, which are things that nowadays girls are typically disinterested in seeing in men and so I feel like the all of these negative variables are now out on Martin's side and she just like surprisingly clinches onto that and doesn't see that as a red flag and ends up giving him a rose so I I was surprised that things turned out the way they did for him I thought that this would be our first one-on-one date in which the rose was withheld
1: yeah, it seemed like it was maybe starting to go that way, but I think that he did a pretty good job at, um, I think, kind of framing, you know, like, sometimes I say stuff and it comes off wrong, and it's something I'm working on, I'm aware of, which I think is admirable that she is continuing to, like, let him on, that she's not just like, oh, you slipped up and made a mistake in the moment in a tough situation, like, you're done. Um, I think that he navigated it well, and I think that she gave him some grace there, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, that date basically, did you have anything else on the Martin one-on-one? No. Okay. Well, so then we get the group date card, um, on this group date, of course, the guys are talking about not wanting to hear their name on the group date card. Cause that means they'll get the second one-on-one, um, normal, normal, normal. Um, the group date card is Will, Chris S, Casey, Chris G, Leroy, Rodney, Olu, Brandon, Clayton, Joe, and Romeo and Nate. Um Nate is not concerned that his name is on the group date card because uh he is confident that he will be getting a one-on-one date sooner or later, and he is very confident. And some might even say that he's acting like he has it in the bag. What do you think about that?
0: Some might say that, and indeed they do. Yeah.
1: Um, Rick being the only name not chosen for the group date knows that he is going to be the recipient of the one-on-one date. Um, and he's of course very happy. Um, it's funny. I think that, um, there was something that was pretty, uh, I don't know, talked about a lot last season was Greg and his kind of sad face. He just kind of had a resting sad face. Um, some may call it a sad boy face, B-O-I. Um, he's, Greg was a little bit of a sad boy and, uh, it turned out that he wasn't the best. Um, yeah,
0: I see a different um, emotional response in Rick's face. Oh, for I sure. like to call it RRF resting Rick face. Because <laughs> he really just has such a serious like poised face with his lips kind of like steady and
1: yeah, and then his dark features too. like yeah, he has very dark eyes naturally.. So yeah.
0: And the thing is, his smile, lights up the room mm-hmm. but rarely do we see it and like receiving a one-on-one is one of those times where i want to see him overcome his rrf and show us those pearly whites but alas
1: <laughs> yeah um oh uh, the data is actually not over the one-on-one i forgot that there was a little bit of after dinner time Um, they, Martin gets the rose, they kiss, and then they go off for some time looking up at the stars in the planetarium. Um, I don't know, not a ton here. Martin has a good line, or Michelle has the line, uh, I think that when I look up at the sky, I'm going to be thinking about Martin now. So it seems like even, uh, in spite of the maybe rocky part of the first, the daytime portion of the date in the, the weird cold tub. Um, I think that she is liking Martin. I don't, um, at this point, you know, he obviously has the rose. He's moving on, but I could see him getting another rose and making it into the top six or whatever. I think that he's maybe up there at this point.
0: I could see that. I could also see something going wrong with drama and him getting in on some sort of villain coalition again, like he almost did with Jamie, but we'll see. I just think he pulls off frosted tips really well. And I commend that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's the next day and the men are speculating about what the next date will be. Um, I don't remember if we even saw what the date card said, if they read it. Um, But for some reason, they think that it's going to have something to do with like those sumo fat suits that you like put on to wrestle in. I wish
0: it did. Um,
1: That'd be fun. I'm sure they've done that on this show uh, I, ha- I don't remember seeing it, but probably in earlier seasons they've done it. But instead of sumo suits, they get these colorful gift bags. And it's one of these pajama dates that we saw on Peter's season uh, with the classic like lingerie quote. And then there was a girl with, you remember the lingerie?
0: Yeah, your memory is crazy though. Oh. I didn't even know that that related to some sort of pajama date.
1: <laughs> yeah, they all had, of course, the had varying types of, and they had like the pillow fight. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, they had varying types, everything from like lingerie or lingerie uh, as it was said on the show and the captions got it perfectly. It was great. Um, and you know, then there's some of the girls who had like onesies and like nineties that were like old fashioned and weird. And you got kind of a similar, um, kind of spectrum with these guys. You got everything from Rodney, of course, you got a, who got a onesie, uh, to, um, our boy Casey, who had a silky blue robe. Uh, and then Chris S who had like a white, dress shirt and whitey tidies um to wear which was strange and he made the most of it and some B-roll that we saw of him just you know lounging on a couch with it it was ridiculous um but we learn that the date is none other than a slumber party uh and I have to say it looked pretty dope I would be all about this date um maybe not for the date as much which um is maybe how the guys ended up acting but it just looked fun they had snacks uh there was some like games like twister they had some like foot massage baths and cucumbers for the eyes and face masks it looked like a good time
0: this is what i imagine slumber parties are like in the suburbs of new york city (laughs) yeah It was really great and honestly a little too great because the guys end up really getting into the fun but are essentially ignoring Michelle and we see Chris S. start to play Twister with her but that's really the only direct interaction. Michelle even has to call Clayton over to make cotton candy with her because nobody is enjoying any of these really fun things with her and I would think that That would be the key here. You're set up with a really good situation with a lot of fun to be had and you're not using those fun elements to casually bond with Michelle. You don't have to rely on your own conversational ability. You've got some entertainment factor to help you guys pass the time and you're not using it.
1: Yeah, you think this would be like a prime situation for like stealing some cuddles with with the bachelorette?
0: Yeah, I just think that it... I mean, I I understand how fun the date is, but I'm surprised that nearly all of them didn't make any moment out of this.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was, um, you know, with this show, we always talk about, you know, we don't see everything. They show us what they want to show us. But I mean, this was one of those situations where what we did see was her kind of standing off to the side uh, kind of looking around, like they're all doing stuff together. They don't seem super interested in me. And I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's like a slumber party. And typically, I mean, at least if you think about like the typical slumber party, I mean, usually it's mostly girls, but, um, you know, it's usually going to be like single gender. And so, uh, I think that it would be kind of a weird position. If you're like all these guys, you want to hang out with your, the bros, you know, and, it's gonna be kind of strange maybe to figure out how to include this girl that you don't know that well but Except it's, it's crazy the whole purpose I of the know show. and so that's like hard to like understand but um, yeah they weren't cuddling with her but Nate was taking advantage of the biggest teddy bear I've ever seen I mean this is we're talking life-size grizzly. Uh, replica scale teddy bear that he's just I mean he's a big man too he's 6'8 and he's just yeah. chilling he's just sitting in its lap and lounging and looking comfy and
0: something larger than
1: Nate <laughs> yeah that's impressive um, I don't know if it was you know larger than Clayton but because uh, I think Clayton has the most mass of any of the men on this show even though he's not the tallest but uh, yeah but then anything else on the first part of this date
0: no I think you know we start to see Michelle getting really emotional and I think it's a good thing that they switch to a different element of the date because then you can salvage it a little bit it's like a nice palate cleanser when Taysha and Caitlyn announced that they're going to have a teddy bear takedown fight essentially a pillow fight but with the stuffed bears that they made and they've got WWE female wrestlers the Bella Twins to... Um, facilitate the takedown so I think that this is a good moment to change things up but Michelle does not look super happy about that I think she was hoping that more time with all the fun things would eventually pressure someone into reaching out to her and now they're going to be even more distracted by this very um, structured fight that they have to really focus on and compete for but i think it's a good thing michelle i think it's a good thing
1: yeah the the problem is though she's in this like first part of the the daytime portion of the date where it's you know supposed to be them hanging out with her and they don't and then they move into the, the competition part where she's sitting like 50 yards away on the little couch with the other with taisha and caitlin and none of the guys have a bum knee or like a bad shoulder as we've seen in the past uh and so they are all competing and, you know, you don't have like a Victoria Paul who's, I don't know, not feeling well or something. So she can hang out with Peter at the football field while the rest of the girls play tackle football. Um, and so you don't even get that moment. And you kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of sucky because she, she was feeling not seen. And then she's, there's this activity where she doesn't get to hang out with any of the guys. And, you know, she's, she's definitely not going to cry is what she tells Michelle and, or uh, she's Michelle what she tells Tasha and, and, um, Caitlin, um, I think, I think she did end up crying a little bit. Um, she was definitely taking it really hard and, um, you know, it, we know that this goes back to kind of what she had shared with her poem in the last episode. And, um, so it's definitely a tough and a sore subject for her, but we get into the competition and, um, we get the matchups. So Clayton, of course, um, steamrolls, Joe, uh, we get Leroy beating Rodney, um, which, yeah, maybe a bit of a surprise. Rodney is definitely uh, very sturdily built, but Leroy managed to take him down. Um, <laughs> Nate is very confident that his team is going to win. Um, but then he gets bested by probably the skinniest guy in the whole date, which is Will. Yeah, um, another surprise. Yeah. Um, but then we get um, Casey beat Chris S. Woo! in his whitey tidies. And Chris S, not Casey. um, Chris G uh, beats Romeo. Um, And then we get the main event, which is swolu um and we gotta say olu is jacked and they are showing it off he was he was doing these push-ups i rewinded the episode uh to see this again he was doing like the superman push-ups where you do the push-ups and like you know clap push-ups where you like do the push-up and you clap as you go up he was doing like a full superman extension uh on the push-up part and then landing back into the push-up and I don't know if I've ever I've heard of that. I think I don't know if I've ever seen it done. Uh, Olu is legit. He's not just a, he doesn't just have the mass. He has the strength, and he's a good looking guy.
0: And the Savage takes. I have loved his commentary here and there. Oh about yeah, other guys.
1: Yeah, he uh, he got to go up against Brandon, uh, and he described it as being like a Black Panther versus a mouse. Uh, which that ended up playing out about right. And um, he ended up beating Brandon quite handily, I believe. And that was the end of it. I couldn't really keep track of who was on which team. Um, I don't think that they were wearing colors or anything that would have made it nice, but uh, they were just all wearing their pajamas. So I couldn't really tell. Um, But Chris S is big sad that he's not going to get that extra time with Michelle. Um, And you know this is probably a little bit of a uh, indication of how Chris S is feeling and what strategy he may take later in the episode.
0: Crazy how that
1: works. Um, but you know, Michelle is still feeling not seen because she sat on the sidelines while they all had more fun. Um, and you know, it's really hurting her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that these guys, they really seem to like each other a lot and, That's making it harder and they're getting lost in this moment of the fun date and forgetting that there's this girl that they're competing over and a great girl at that. So, um...
0: I really hated, especially when they were just cheering and like huddling and jumping. Yeah, and in she's a just about line. how their team had won, and they didn't even go up to embrace her or say, "Oh my gosh, we get more time with you," or like, "Yes, we did it for you." And just seeing her looking somberly over on that scene. Was when I was like, man, okay, not even this competition could shake up the energy in a way that this group date needed. Like, these guys are just simply not focused on her. Like, Chris S. has a point. I'm just saying. So, anyway, they go into the nighttime portion and Michelle decides to confront the issue head on. She's not going to let the rest of the date be marked by guys not showing attention to her and, and not knowing why she's upset because she mentions to Tasha and Caitlin and to the camera that she doesn't think that they are doing this on purpose she thinks they really are getting caught up in the moment which I think is a really good thing for her to recognize she doesn't think that they're you know intentionally ignoring her it's just sad that what they're accidentally doing is affecting her negatively which is a legitimate feeling and so she addresses that with the guys and mentions how she um was overlooked a lot growing up because of who she was and so having addressed that with the group date or with the group the guys are ready to kind of talk about that in their one-on-ones with her and just kind of reaffirm to her that they are wanting to be more focused on her and that they are there for her and recognize that that didn't really come across today on this super fun date.
1: Yeah. Um, So she starts the nighttime portion, um, or at least the second part, um, by pulling Nate. And I think that, you know, she talks about how the, or I think he was saying, you know, the activities, they weren't there for their own sake. I think he's just kind of acknowledging uh, that they kind of screwed it up, that they got lost in the activities. Um, and I think the fact that she pulls him first and kind of the way that he handled it, um, at least at this point in the episode, definitely kind of solidified in my mind, um, that Nate is definitely a front runner, that she trusts him, that he's maybe a little bit of a go-to guy for her. Um, and that definitely bodes well for Nate. Um, but yeah, he they have a good conversation and um, you know she talks to uh, the other guys. you we kind of just get kind of quick quick clips of them talking. but then um, we're just getting these shots of Olu and he's feeling really bad. Um, I think this is hitting him particularly hard. And so then when he gets time to talk to Michelle, um, he reveals that he had four sisters um, and growing up he saw them go through a lot of the same things that Michelle has talked about going through um, of being maybe some of the only black girls in their school. And, um, yeah, just kind of having that experience of, um, you know, maybe even, I don't remember exactly what he talked about, but just having those tough experiences of, of not being seen or being overlooked, um, because of something like their skin color. Um, and so I think that he felt especially bad because as, you know, the big brother, um, of that situation, like, you know, he should have known better. Um, and so I think he kind of, kind of took it on himself to, and really took responsibility for, you know, I really should know better in this situation because I have experience with this. And so I think that that definitely hit him a little bit harder, even than some of the other guys. Um, and so, you know, I think that while this was sincere, it was also, uh, convenient for Olu, um, because I think that is definitely a way to connect deeply. I mean, I think she, we saw her wiping some tears after his, his sharing. And, um, so no surprise she comes up and basically immediately gives Olu the the group date. So, um, nice to see Olu get a bit of a win. I'm hoping we see more from Olu. I hope that, um, maybe he might even get a one-on-one this next episode. I don't think so. I don't think that the preview really indicates that, but um, I know that America is ch- cheering for Olu at this point and, um, he's not going to win probably, but we'll see him on paradise.
0: Yeah. I think that he is exemplifying what I thought Malik would be based on Malik's bio. Um, cause he mentioned a yeah. lot about romance and just being wanting to change the world and speak for those that didn't have a seat at the table and things like that. And I'm seeing a lot of that from Olu plus other really fun personality traits like just being so enthusiastic and jacked and savage. He just has it all. So I love this for Olu. Big Olu fan. So after the break, Rick is getting ready for his date with the date card that says sky's the limit. And Michelle says she's ready to take their relationship to new heights. So we've got... So many more puns added to this date or to this episode, which is great. So they start with a gondola ride up the mountains, which definitely constitutes new heights with wonderful views. It looks really romantic. They kiss a bit and they get up to a grove of pine trees and they just kind of smell them and walk through them and just hug the trees. And it's very simple and beautiful and strange but it works for rick and michelle
1: yeah it's a breath of fresh air (laughs) um but honestly like i think this would be a great date you just get to kind of get away from it all everyone i I i hope everyone loves pine trees and just the way that they make the air smell and feel so fresh um it's so great especially you're just you know at this resort it's a good change of pace um As they are walking and just having some good moments, they come across a wish box. Have you ever seen a wish box in the wild?
0: (laughs) No, I haven't.
1: Okay. I am not sure that this is a real thing that exists in the location where they found it before the show existed and was going to film there. Um, But they, you know, the idea is there's this wish box. And before you write your own wish to add to the box, you read some of the other people's wishes of previous Which, like people. if there
0: was a wish box if that was a thing that definitely wouldn't be what they invite you to do because those wishes are private
1: yeah but i think not necessarily though like i think that because it's anonymous it's kind of interesting to to connect with people that you have you don't know who they are you're just kind of connecting with general humanity and people to see what are the longings of people's hearts? What are they wishing for? And I think that can be an interesting experience to like, you know, build empathy and stuff. I don't know. But anyway, the whole point of this wish box is that it's setting them up for conversations, you know, stuff of the first few they read are about finding love and you know, all this stuff, of course, but then the tone kind of shifts. We see Rick kind of pull a card and it says, you know, I wish that my dad could see the man that I've become. And um, that is just kind of a perfect setup for Rick to have a good conversation with Michelle and, and talk to her about how he lost his dad a, a few years ago. And, um, you know, how that has been tough for him. And they just kind of have that whole conversation. Uh do you have anything to add about this?
0: I think that he is able to discuss it really effectively and bring up such a hard topic that can be really awkward for people and those that receive the information might not always know how to process it or respond But he makes her feel comfortable even in this short moment. And you can tell that he's going to elaborate on it later on and that Michelle would want that from him too. But he's able to effectively discuss it in the moment too and share that with her in, Mm -hmm. in a way that makes her feel comfortable too and him feel comfortable in sharing. So I admire that, especially knowing how difficult it is to talk about your parent passing. I too lost my father around the same time and so I still think about how difficult it is to really share that especially in a succinct and, and quick way like that when when you're caught off guard too by this wish box so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I really admire that from him
1: yeah Rick feels like he can tell her anything and, and it'll be okay and I think that's great. I mean, there's a level of trust that he is building with Michelle. Um, and then recognizing that it's like, it's not, it's trust and he's feeling safe with her. And I think that's like a really foundational thing for any relationship. Um, so we get to the nighttime portion and, um, Rick wants to talk more about his family. Um, he has more to tell about his dad before his dad passed. And unfortunately it's not, uh, you know, a great story. Um, he talks about how he, uh, discovered through seeing his dad's phone that, uh, his dad was cheating on his mom, how he was having an affair and how kind of basically the gist of it was his, he thinks his dad blamed him for, um, the ensuing depression that he went through of, I think they separated his parents and, um, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but basically his impression was that his dad kind of blamed him since he was the one who caught, who kind of blew the whistle on it um, until the day that he died. And so that was kind of, I think he said it was like 10 years of of that. And gosh, that has to be so hard. And I think that um, you can kind of tell that, that Rick does carry some of that um, not like baggage, I guess, but I guess baggage is maybe the right word where he does carry some like deep emotional stuff. And, um, but I think that he carries it well. And, um, especially like you mentioned his smile, like when he does, when that smile does break through, it's like, great. Um, and, and yeah, I think that, um, you know, he, we see, we see Rick, um, kind of, you know, shifting gears a little, we see we see Rick, uh, participating in what has become, I think, this kind of amusing trend in this franchise of contestants um, coming up with more and more creative and roundabout ways of saying that they really like the uh, lead uh, and using the word love, but not in the I love you or I'm falling in love with you. But, you know, like, oh, I could see myself falling for you. We see that a lot. Um, But Rick... Um, thinks that he is looking forward to the moment that he can say that he's falling in love with Michelle, which I, I don't know, it's just it just makes me laugh. I think that, um, it's it's fun, it's kind of fun to see the ways that they try to inject because I mean, it would be super corny. It's like, oh, I really, really like you. Um, you know, they're not in middle school, but they're coming up with these. Um, dramatic and, and touching and, and memorable ways of, of communicating how they're feeling without overdoing it for the where they're at at the moment.
0: Three claps for creativity. I tell you what. And apparently Rick is rewarded not only with a rose but also with the most famous guest artist we've ever had on this show in the time that I've been watching at least. Besides I guess who was it? Luke Bryan. Oh, uh, was Luke Bryan on the yeah, show? Yeah, Luke Bryan was performing at Cedar Point when Peter and Victoria... No, 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 no,
1: no. That was Chris Rice. Chris Rice, sorry. Right, and I don't He's think... He's also famous, is but he... Andy
0: Grammer, I would argue, is definitely a bigger name than Chris right.
1: Rice. Yeah, Andy yes. Grammer is pretty famous, yeah. I think. I mean, and I've heard of him.
0: So, I mean, I hope his career is not in jeopardy or something to where he <laughs> feels like he needs to perform on The Bachelor to get a comeback, but... Um maybe it's just because he is a fan of the show or was all about this gig and or because Rick is a serious contender who deserves Andy Grammer I don't know but I loved it it was so fun and I love his new song so that yeah, worked for me I'm a renewed Andy Grammer fan
1: Yeah and of course you know it was a nice song nice dance um I mean I come away from this uh one on one date I don't know what what your feelings are um I I could see Rick winning the season now after no, this one-on-one. I really no. do, especially we'll talk about this more, especially after some of the ensuing drama uh, during the cocktail party uh, that, you know, I think catches one of the other series contenders in the crossfire and how he reacts. I... I seriously think, I mean, I think Rick's going to get a hometown for sure.
0: Oh, for sure. He definitely will. And I
1: think he could win. I think that he's... He actually
0: might. I mean, here's my thing. I still think that Joe has high potential. We just haven't seen it explored much since the first night. But if something happens with Joe or that doesn't really come to fruition, then Rick definitely is a more serious contender than him at that point. So, yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. I I think that um so the way that I'm that I'm thinking about Rick right now is I'm seeing him as like all the good parts of Greg from last season with some Zach Clark mixed mm-hmm. in. I'm seeing some of that vibe and seeing how Zach Clark won Tacious season, I just think that this could be I think it could be it. And yeah. I don't know, we'll have to see how it plays out. I he's really grown on me. I think that he felt a little like weird and creepy a little bit at the, the first episode sitting in the cart, not as creepy as like, or weird looking as, um, Jack Russell Terry or whatever his name was. Aww. um, uh, poor dude. But, um, yeah, I am at this, at the moment I'm pretty high on Rick. Um, and so we'll just have to see. I'm really hopeful. I'm really rooting for him. Um, I really hope that he makes it far.
0: In the last portion of the episode, the mood definitely changes from that high on life with Auntie Um, And during the cocktail party, well, really at the beginning of it, before it even starts, as Michelle is making her final way down the stairs, Chris S. says that he has some thoughts to share with the entire group.
1: And, and keep in mind, Chris S. was not part, in this. this is talked about, he was not he was on the losing team, so he was not part of the after party where I think they kind of hashed some of the stuff out.
0: <laughs> so he either heard about the date from the other guys, although I don't know if he has he, he was on the date at this point. Or no, heard about the um, nighttime portion and Michelle and, you know, informing the guys that were there for the nighttime oh, portion right, right. that she felt unseen. So he either heard that from the guys that were there, but we don't know that they are sharing that or that they're even friends with him. Or the producers told him about it and told him to bring it up if he didn't come to that decision on his own volition. And so he tells everyone that, um, and really addressing this to Michelle, that there's guys here that think they have it all in the bag and it is really disrespectful and shocking that they're not even trying to vie for her affection or attention and just kind of living it up because they think that they'll just make it to the end anyway and so everyone is just shocked that he is making this declaration before Michelle even has a chance to toast the group or begin the nighttime or to begin the cocktail party so uh, Michelle's kind of caught off guard too but she thanks him for speaking up and is able to kind of um, help him end that little moment
1: Yeah. Um, so what we see then is, is also pretty cringy, um, to go on top of the cringe. We see Brandon, you know, stepping forward to say, Hey, Michelle, can I take you first? And I don't think I've ever seen this before. Chris says, no, I'm, I'm going to take her first. And everyone is kind of shocked at this. Um, surprisingly, Michelle like allows this to happen. She says, okay, like that's okay, Brandon. I'm, I'm going to go talk to Chris and I'll come find you later. Um, but this, this makes sense. I mean, it it gives Chris a, a chance to, to talk, to talk more about what he's thinking, uh, with Michelle. And, um, what we get then is, um, Chris kind of going deeper into what he is thinking. And she, uh, she does kind of press a little bit. She wants to know if there's anyone in particular who's seeing this. And as we kind of, see based on Chris's reactions um in the earlier part of the episode he has Nate on his mind as someone who thinks he has it in the bag and to be fair to Chris S um I think this is a justifiable thing to think I mean to have the confidence which I think Nate is right I think that he is going to get a one-on-one in the next at least if not the next episode the one after that
0: but don't say it
1: yeah but he I think the dynamic of like the group is when you're in that position and I think like Joe is doing this well where Joe isn't saying anything we don't see anything from Joe and I think Joe knows that he's in a good position Um, although I, I think that the lukewarmness of Joe may end up being his downfall. I don't think that there's much there besides just the basketball thing. Um, but we'll have to see. I think that there will be more romance between them, but right now it's just kind of like, uh, he's just kind of feels like a shoe in. I think, um, Joe is kind of a for granted, uh, front runner. Uh, he hasn't really done anything to merit it besides, I guess they did have a good, like after basketball group date thing. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, he, Chris has beef with, with how, um, Nate is, is handling this and, and acting, Which is fair. I think that that's fair. Um, But also, Chris knows that he uh, is going home this episode if he doesn't do something, and so he's got to do something. And so he uh, is doing this, which he's not going to win. Obviously, he's not he's not a contender at this point. But he is just trying to fight, uh, live to fight another day. Which I guess is when you realize you're not a contender. That's just what you kind of have to do. but yeah, and then at the end of this talking it was pretty hilarious. He like thinks that um, he's going to get a kiss at the end of this conversation and it was like not a romantic or great conversation at all. And he thinks that he's going to lean in for a kiss and Uh, He gets turned down, Uh, but he goes for the kiss on the cheek after they stand up and hug anyway, which I thought was just hilarious and a little pathetic.
0: It was really cringy. It was really cringy, but things get even more awkward when Michelle pulls Nate next to confront him about it and tells him that Chris S. brought up his name and what he said about having it in the bag. And Nate says big. And I think that that's so strange because I hear Minnesotans say big and Michelle's from Minnesota and and Nate's not. Yeah, I don't
1: remember. So where I don't know Nate why he has the
0: strange accent in saying bag and like Michelle says it. it normally. <laughs> but anyway, so Nate is pretty upset when he leaves his conversation with her and wants to ruin Chris S and confront him immediately. So he takes Chris to the second floor, which is apparently the floor where you confront people. I mean, we saw this with the guys confronting Jamie on the second floor too.
1: Yeah, this is the this is the boss office. This is the this is where, um I don't know, I wish I knew um like the Godfather better better so I could make some godfather references. But you know, these are like the the big bosses he's the big dog and he brings him up to the spot to confront him uh nate is from austin texas so um, big what the fact that he's got it in the bag is kind of weird to hear but maybe he was born in canada or something i don't know Or
0: he's trying to relate to michelle
1: that would be weird (laughs) by Um, developing
0: a minnesotan accent you
1: shouldn't do that No. Um, but yeah the um chris is under the impression that he has ridden in on the white horse and rescued her from the castle she's been stuck in. He fancies himself Prince Charming, rescuing the distressed princess. Um, but yeah, so the guys, of course, are, are pissed at Chris S. Um, Clayton, Clayton says that he thinks that the S stands for snake. Three S for is for Clayton. snake. Clayton, with the lines, with the takedowns, both physically and with the words. Um, good line, Clayton. Our, our boy from Como. Um, but yeah, so then we see Joe has some good one-on-one time, doesn't get bog- bogged down by the drama. Um, I think that there's something about like the previous night stuff, like with Jamie, but it's pretty quick. He navigates around that pretty well. Um, and he has a great move. He brings some snacks. I think that they're left over from the slumber party because uh, it was like M&Ms and stuff, which they had at the slumber party featured prominently. Mm. Um but, yeah, I think that he does a good job. Um, we get some good time from Rodney and Brandon. We get some nice kisses. Brandon is, like, you know, like, laying her down on the couch to kiss her, which is a pretty good move. Definitely less friend zone-y than Rodney. Um, oh, I don't know if Rodney's Rodney, still in the friend zone, but...
0: Her and Rodney do a handshake. Oh,
1: yeah. Apparently, they had so a, a secret handshake. So, yeah, definitely... Oh. Poor Rodney, a little bit stuck in the friend zone, but still really fun. We like him. He'll be great on Paradise. Um, yeah, so then we get this fun interaction with Olu and Chris where uh, Olu is asking Chris us if he thinks he's going to get a rose, and they have a little back and forth. We get some more guys talking over each other at the same time, um, and we get this just hilarious like ending of this where we get this like... Oh, uh, well, all right then. Okay, great, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool, awesome, great. And it's just like so funny. Um, I think even Chris like thought it was funny. I think yeah, he was starting he was to break laughing. character a little bit and he was laughing and like who wouldn't though? It was kind of, I was laughing. It was so funny.
0: And Olu was just sipping wine and looking cool about it. So it yeah, was... and Olu
1: has a rose, so he is in a great position here to be acting like a big dog, which I mean, you think he's kind of proven that he's a bit of a big dog, literally. Um, and so he gets to kind of, uh, go up against Chris S who, uh, you know, at the end of this cocktail party, if anyone thinks he has it in the bag, it's Chris S, uh, which, um, I, I think honestly, I was like, I don't think that Chris S will get a rose. If he does, it'll be great for drama. And I guess I don't know what other drama would even be, in the next episode, if not for Grace S. So I, I I wasn't sure, but I thought surely that she wasn't really into it, uh, in that little stunt. But, um, as we see, uh, we go straight into the rose ceremony from there. And, um, Martin and Rick both have roses from their one-on-ones and Olu got the group date rose. So we've got three guys already with their roses. Um, some definitely good contenders there. Um, But then the Rose Order was Brandon and then Leroy. Um, I think we both thought Leroy would go home at the end of this episode because we just haven't seen much of him, um, of all the guys that are remaining. Um, But then we get Joe and then Rodney and Clayton and Casey and Nate um and then chris s um i think we both thought that romeo would get that last rose um, but then it so bad i know i we were both hoping that romeo would get his moment to shine but i and think I that he's maybe just too nerdy to paradise either. i yeah.
0: just there's so much potential there he oh. seems like a great guy
1: i'm sure that you know he won't be for any want of of ladies sliding into his dms but i don't know i'll have to check out We'll have to see how many followers he has on Instagram to see if he's even popular. Who knows? Maybe the people just don't like him. Um, but that leaves Romeo, as we just said, and then Will and Chris G, uh, not getting roses all, um, at least guys that seemed nice or great potential. Um, I, I, it'd be hard, hard pressed to say that there's any trash that got taken out this episode, but, um, You know, by all accounts, Chris G, great guy. Um, But I think just didn't have that spark with Michelle. And, you know, Will had his fun moments with Peter. But really, apart from Peter, Will was not that interesting or exciting. Um, And then, of course, we just talked about Romeo. So um, Chris had mentioned that he would give Olu a wink when he got a rose. He was very confident. He didn't do that. But uh, he knows that Olu is happy for him.
0: Yeah, I think he probably chickened out because Olu like is built so yeah i wouldn't want to mess with he talked the talk but he can't walk the walk so yeah.
1: chris s what a snake
0: but he lives to see another day he so really there's into the future
1: yeah and then michelle has some big news to close out this episode um she says that she is headed back to minneapolis dramatic pause but of course the guys are going with her so Woo! they're all going to minneapolis i think we knew that this was gonna happen I wonder
0: where they're gonna stay
1: uh, there's probably some, some La Quinta in, the, in <laughs> Minneapolis that they'll stay at. Um, but yeah, we're down to 11 men. Um, I don't know about you, but um, so let me read the names of the 10 men or the 11. So we have Martin and Olu and Rick, Brandon, Leroy, Joe, Rodney, Clayton, Casey, Nate, and then Chris S. This feels like the top 10 plus Chris S. 100%.
0: Yeah, I, I still, there's some surprises for me that are still here but overall these are solid guys um I will say though I don't feel like she's hit that like unbreakable level level of vulnerability with any of them except Rick right now
1: yeah I I think um yeah I mean I have some thoughts about these top 10 I think that you know I think obviously Chris S is the 11th man here. Um, he's there, he's there to cause drama and he's what it looks like. He's going to, um, which is great for, for the entertainment factor of the show. Um, we really haven't seen, Anything from Leroy? I yeah. mean, he has great style. We've seen that from him. Um, Casey has basically been relegated to the commentator role. He's been commenting on stuff. And
0: sorry, Casey, we, we love you.
1: We do. Um, but you know, he—I think he's commented on us on Instagram. He just hasn't really. I think he's—he had some self-deprecating joke about how like, you know, it was a picture of him talking to Michelle and he's like, yeah, they just don't, they don't show it on the screen. Aww. Um, so sad for Casey, but, um, so I would say that probably him and Leroy are on the chopping block for the next episode. And then probably Chris. So, um, would be my guess, but I, I do have to say, I think that, um, understandably after having Chris S specifically name him, Nate was annoyed and frustrated with him. But I think that the way that he handled it shows that he is at a lower rung of maturity. I don't see Rick um, or Joe really doing that. And I don't think that Michelle is looking for that. I think that it's a, um, I think it was a reaction that was not as composed, not as above it as Nate has kind of seemed like he has been saying that he was. But to me, that kind of hurts his, it would drop him in my rankings. I mean, honestly, right now, I mean, I think we'll see more from Joe, but also there's some previews that maybe don't look great for Joe, but of course those don't usually pan out. But I could, I could, I think, come up with a power ranking right now if I was going to like a top three that had Rick at the top right now after this episode
0: that's bold but it is not unwarranted
1: it's a hot take but i think that you know sometimes you got to go for the long odds to win big i i'm just gonna say it right now rick is gonna win the season that's my prediction after this episode and i'm gonna stand by it until something happens
0: yeah i think that i would put my money on joe or olu
1: Ooh, olu the dark horse okay Mm -hmm. nice
0: so we'll see how things go. Like you were saying, Nate doesn't seem to be at the same level of maturity for reasons related to how he reacts. Brandon doesn't seem to be at the same level of maturity <laughs> due to the way he conducts himself more generally with his swagger. So yeah, that like cast him out. and he
1: has it, but it's uh, it's almost cheesy and like too smooth. Yeah, It's not as like genuine in like real life. Like you think he's going to like, get down on his knee and propose to her at the end of this no there's no no way
0: and then you've got Rodney with the friend zone Clayton who we know goes on to be the next bachelor yeah and Martin who I think doesn't have the depth and the willingness to open up that'll take him to the top two so yeah really you've got Rick Olu and Joe as the main contenders here so it's yeah, things are shaking up pretty clear right now, so I'm curious to see if we are anywhere close to reality. Um, but stay yeah, be tuned. to see. So, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been in it for the long haul with Lexi and Zeke. We hope that you will just send any comments you have our way on Instagram or on our email, and just let us know what you want to hear, what you think of what we've said, if there's anything you notice that we didn't bring up we love to engage with you all so please send those messages our way and continue to follow and like our podcast on whatever platform you listen to
1: yeah i i have a question for for you if you're listening uh reach out to us tell us who you see as your front runners if you have a top three at this point if you want to give us your top four for hometowns or if you want to so do hometowns or fantasy suite whatever you want to do Tell us what you're thinking. Are you hashtag Team Rick like I am? Are you hashtag Team Olu? Are you sticking with the early episode um, front runners Joe and Nate? We want to know who you see as your top few and who you think will ultimately win the season at this point. So reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, we'll talk about those on the next episode if you do.
0: Great. We'll see you then.
1: Yeah, that'll be great.